0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
0: You want to know a really good source for Panthers head coaching news? Panthers.com. They've got the database, man. They've got the whole thing, the hub. We know who's interviewing. We know who's already interviewed. Apparently, Kellen Moore is next sean payton will be i believe on monday of next week as the search continues for the next head coach darren gant you're not on the interview list
1: Uh it's early yet it's early <laughs> so there's there's still time we'll see yeah we've got the tote board for you put kellen moore's name on there he had his in-person interview uh this morning, and so that makes nine, so Scott fitter's shortlist has grown, and um, you know i I said this last week in our mailbag, uh, which you are so very kind yes. of reference as often as you do the the difference in this search and the one that led to Matt rule is this is actually a process this is a search this is uh, a little more thorough, a little more deliberate, a little more considered. And, you know, I mean, we'll see. You never know how the, any of these things are going to work out. But uh, I think when you go through a little more thorough process, it gives you a better chance to come to a good conclusion.
0: All right. So let, let, me, let me just peel that back a little bit. What was the the last search? Um, how did, it, how did it work? How did it end up where it was? Was it impulsive? Is that what we're getting at? I I don't know that
1: it's impulsive but I think, you know, um Matt Rule certainly sold people on his ability both this team and the New York Giants, uh, you know, he kind of created, you know, almost a little bit of a bidding war and had a bunch of people interested in him. He was the hot candidate that moment. He was the flavor of the month if you will and, you know, had a lot of people interested in him because he was selling a vision of a thing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we we saw in hindsight that it didn't necessarily work out that way but when you get people when you play to people's emotions when you you know are trying to sell them something I, I think it that's when the people around you have to be a little bit of a handbrake I, I think that's why you talk to multiple people and go through a process where you talk to a whole bunch of dudes just to uh just to make sure you're not falling into that same kind of trap where someone who has a great interview, you know, charms yeah. you and you end up in that situation. I mean, that's what you heard about Denver this time last year with Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, he killed the interview. <laughs> he, he was great in the interview. Well, how was he on the sidelines? Not too good.
0: No. Uh, my, my read from a long way away was that they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought that was the key. To getting Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the Jets have interviewed Nathaniel Hackett for their offensive coordinator position because apparently they can't watch Denver Broncos football in Central New Jersey. All right, let me, <laughs> let, me let me let me ask this question of Darren Gant uh, at Darren Gant on Twitter. Ask the old guy the the process that you say is a process now. Is this being driven by Scott Fitterer, or what is the involvement of David Tepper in all of this?
1: I mean, he's the owner; he's involved at the most intimate level. He's going to be the guy signing the check, so yeah, he's involved in all of that, and you know, as he should be. But Scott is kind of, you know, and I, and I can tell you, they've been working on this process and lining up candidates and figuring out who they want to talk to for months. So. Uh, Again, Scott has made sure that this is a little bit more deliberate, a little more thorough than than the last time through. So and I think when you it doesn't take a long look uh, at the list of candidates to see basically what they wanted to look at was Steve Wilkes versus all the offensive guys. And, you know, Steve's a little bit of a known commodity. You know exactly how he's going to handle certain situations. Now I think they're reasonable questions to ask Stephen in an interview about staffing and what does he want to do with coordinators and you know, what does he see as the direction of this thing and what would he do offensively and stuff like that. But uh, I, I think on the whole, you know, he he's one perspective. So let's talk to everybody else with, the other perspective and, and they've heard from all the young offensive minds other than ben johnson who decided not to right. be a part of this search um after a while after he had interviewed for a couple of jobs and i think you know i i, I think it's probably I, I don't know a lot about ben johnson what i've heard is all positive i i saw what he did in uh Detroit this year put up good numbers with mm-hmm. an average quarterback and, and did a lot of good things. But I think it's it's instructive that a young guy who probably could have had his pick of a couple of jobs maybe checked himself a little bit and said, ooh, am I ready to do this or not? And Because I think when you look at guys, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's a good example. I think about what happened to Joe Brady, here's the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. When that young guy goes too fast too soon – before he's ready to do it it complicates his his job chances in the future so i i think it's probably a good idea on ben johnson's part if he wasn't 100 percent comfortable with where he was as a coach to not put himself in a position to uh set himself back i don't want
0: to ask you a question that's going to make you feel uncomfortable so if you want to just sidestep this that's fine
1: listen i've already had dental work this morning and and there's still a little lidocaine coursing through my the left side of my face so i think you know uh, discomfort is relative at this point gold all
0: right good um do you have a sense that they're going
1: to go offense versus defense i have no sense of that whatsoever that ain't my call right
0: that's why i didn't (laughs) want to put you in a position but uh, novocaine speaks yeah no it's um
1: yeah i don't really know i mean they're, they're about three people who know there's actually one person who knows which way Dave's leaning so and I'll leave that decision up to him but again I I think when you look at this group whether it's whether it's Steve or Sean Payton or Shane Steichen or any of the you know pull one of the young offensive coordinators out of a bag there's certainly a better crop of candidates this time through I mean, and, and, and last time through it wasn't just Matt rule and that didn't work out. And that's why I'm saying it. I mean, look back when Josh McDaniels was the another one of those hot candidates mm-hmm. that everybody couldn't wait to get to. So I, I think they've, they've laid in enough foundation to have a chance to make a good decision either way. And, it, and I think, you know certainly if it's steve i i think a lot of people are going to respond positively to that especially down in that locker room i mean those guys made it clear throughout the second half yeah. of the season that they liked the way things were going and you know i i think it certainly offers you a, a shot at stability for sure now do you are you catching up with the trend do you are you going along with the rest of the league and hiring a Bright young offensive mind. I don't, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Again, every for every Sean McVay, there's a Nathaniel Hackett, and you know another example of a guy that didn't work. So right. we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm not in position to to either know that or to decide that. So I'll I'll let that one slide.
0: Yeah, we look. We don't. It seems like every good hire has been somebody with some offensive background, but then you have Dan Campbell, who I'm not even sure. I know he was a tight end, but I don't mm. think people look at Dan Campbell as a bright offensive mind, That I'm not trying to be disparaging here. Well, I think Dan yeah, Campbell I mean- is more of a leader.
1: 0013, or text Adam to 600 Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Uh, sure, and, and you know, I mean, Dan, was Dan Quinn a good head coach in Atlanta? Yes, he was. He he dragged an Atlanta Falcons team that, you know, everybody talks about the Panthers hadn't had back-to-back winning seasons. It took It took the Falcons 42 years to get there before Mike Smith did it, and then they kind of cratered a little bit and dan quinn got him back into a good spot he's a good coach so uh i don't think you have to be an offensive guy to be a good head coach is mike tomlin a good head coach is Pete carroll a good head coach Mm -hmm. of course they are how about bill belichick is he a good head coach (laughs) i I think so so i um i always you, you may have found this out about me over the course of the years but i always don't tend to follow herds so it's uh, it's a little bit difficult for me if everybody's saying, oh, it's got to be offense. Are you sure? Yeah. Does it have to be, really? It does. Um, it. And
0: the Panthers have never had an offensive head coach,
1: right? Got it. Not once. Zero. Not, not one time in 28 years. And, and again, and I don't mean this. This will sound like a shot at Matt Rule, but Matt Rule wasn't really either one. He was neither offensive right. or defense. Yeah, you know, He was a former linebacker whose one year of NFL experience was coaching offensive line, but he was really neither an offensive nor a defensive guy. All the rest of them were defensive coordinators. I mean, that was the platform Jerry mm-hmm. Richardson uh, believed in, and, and it worked out okay over the years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, it, And it worked out okay for, for Dom Capers and John Fox and Ron Rivera to a lesser degree for George Seifert.
0: All right, final thing for Darren Gant, and you can ask the old guy at Panthers.com. He is the best. The the makeup of the roster, when you look at what they need coming out of this draft, first Mm -hmm. of all, if they end up, if they try to get Sean Payton giving up a first-round pick, I wonder if you could ask Sean Payton, hey, would you give up the ninth pick? For uh, for Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton might say no to giving up the ninth pick for Sean Payton, even though that might stroke
1: his ego a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think that would be counterproductive to Sean Payton's mission if he was the guy. Right,
0: so you're, if you're looking at what this team needs, we all know they need a quarterback. They need a number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. At number nine, that guy, the, a slam dunk is probably not there. What are the yeah. other positions that they need to address in your mind for this team to take another step forward?
1: Uh, I would, if I was the GM and thank goodness I am not. uh, But if I was the GM, I would be looking for a pass rusher first and foremost, because those guys are valuable and rare. And if you can find one at nine who you can stand on the other side from Brian Burns, you you feel pretty good about things. But beyond that, Uh, I I just think they need, you know, what was it Fitter said during his press conference the other week? He said it it could be a sexier draft where they're looking at playmakers. They need playmakers on offense, and that could be a receiver. That could be a tight end. That could be a running back, let's be honest. I mean, at some point they've got to have guys on offense, you know, regardless what the quarterback market does. They've got to have guys around that quarterback – who can score touchdowns and they didn't have nearly enough of those guys. I mean, on offense, it's basically a line and DJ Moore. That's what right. they've got. So, and I think they did a good job of last year of stabilizing things up front. You know, obviously that lines in a little bit of flux because Bradley Bozeman's a free agent, uh, he would like to stay. They have some interest in that, too. Austin Corbett's coming off an ACL that's going to push him to the start of the regular season. So you you like that you're deep there. You like that you've got more bodies and more talent there. But, yeah, they've got to find some dudes who get in the end zone.
0: Yeah, they playmakers, that's the best way to put it, on the offensive yep. side of the ball. Uh, two wide receivers, a tight end, maybe another running back.
1: Uh, and, a linebacker or two, <laughs> and maybe a safety who and, can run around and make plays in the back. And uh, maybe a
0: cornerback opposite J.C. Horn. Uh Darren I well,
1: do have Jontae Jackson and C.J. Henderson coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. could be worse. Teams have mm-hmm. worse groups of cornerbacks than those uh, three guys. Yeah, well,
0: I'm, not, I, 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 I'm just going to go back and repeat. I think a cornerback opposite <laughs> J.C. Horn would be fine. Uh, but you know what they've got? They've got basically on lock as they have the old guy uh at darren gant on twitter two t's for extra talent thank you very much my friend Uh, appreciate your time we'll check in again all right stay tuned you got it (laughs) and you can go to panthers.com they have the panthers head coach interview tracker for you like why not it's the it's their team yeah that's the way to do it good for them
1: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile